Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point. I am your host, Deb Mazener. I'm a health n- health nurse. <laughs> you know what I am. But I am actually going to share a bit more about myself because I had the opportunity to be on your Zestful Life podcast with a fellow SB Studio podcaster, Genevieve Nutting. And we had a really interesting conversation about sober curiosity, um, a bit about my background, and I think that you will find it helpful. And so I wanted to share it with you here. I will put in my show notes how you can listen to more of your zestful life um, because Genevieve has lots of tools and resources and thoughtful information for you as well. Thank you so much for listening. All right. Welcome back to Your Zest Life. I am your host, Genevieve, and we are continuing our Sober Curious series with Women's Community Today, I get to have a very special guest who is also here with Speak Boise Studio. She is the podcast host of Alcohol Tipping Point. Deb, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. We're in the studio live. I'm delighted. Originally, I had asked because we thought this was going to be a Zoom recording. And then we were talking. We're like, wait, this needs to be in person. Yes. Which is a treat now after how many Zoom calls? <laughs> I don't, I have lost track. Yeah, I'm usually like talking to a blank wall. Yeah, because <laughs> you're no on live Zoom. person in here. But you get to interview people from all over the world, which yes. is so cool. Yes. I was listening to some of your podcasts and you had some from Australia, I want to say, mm-hmm. on one of them. What's been something that has surprised you about the podcast industry or being a podcast host? Oh, just the podcast industry. Hmm. Um, I think I I love how accessible it is for everybody. And I love that I have this opportunity to connect with people from all over the world. I I think it's easier than I thought it would be, but that's because of Travis and Speak <laughs> Studios. Thank you, Travis. Um I I just I I think it's just a great way to communicate with people Mm. and I I get maybe that's not surprising um but to me it kind of is I I you know it's so it blows my mind still I have a gal that's in one of my groups that I run and she was like it's so nice to like see you and meet you over virtual um she's like I listen to you while I walk my dog in Switzerland isn't that okay that blew my mind. Did that just, and it makes you realize like how just connected we are, especially through technology. Like what a, what a cool thing that this woman who in any other decade, you know, leading up to like the nineties or millennium, but the chances or likelihood of you two connecting compared to now and the stories that you get to share and the people who you get to meet and the resources that you get to offer. It's amazing. Yeah. And so I guess personally with my podcast, what's been maybe not surprising, but like reinforcing is because it is international, but yet we all have this common issue with alcohol because that's what I deal with. Um, So that is universal in any drinking population across the world. There will be people who have problems with alcohol. And that's where you, as I was getting ready for my notes to come in and speak with you today, you're so interesting, by the way. I feel like I could just have you come in and we could talk about something not even sober curious related, but I love your scope on sobriety and implementing sober curious because sober curious is a relatively newer concept. I know for my mom's been sober for 30 plus years and this idea of sober curious was very foreign to her in that you either have a problem with alcohol or you don't like there's nothing really in the middle which is interesting because she's very much of a like harmonious free spirit human being and it's all about balance and and so when I was talking to her about this sober curious idea you know and and now it's starting to come on to her that there can be this middle ground can you tell me a little bit about your your ideas on on and this is kind of a big question I'm realizing I'm starting with, but on sobriety and on people's relationship with alcohol, just the general concept. Yeah, I think that 
you're right. Like it used to always be black and white. Mm -hmm. It was either your quote unquote normal drinker or you have a problem. Yes, exactly. Um, and they are finding more and more there's a middle ground. It's a gray area. Um, and even the medical community, you know, there's no such medical term as alcoholism or alcoholic. We use alcohol use disorder and it's a spectrum and it goes from mild to severe. And so I think that that is a really common misperception um, that to have a problem with drinking, you have to be a problem drinker. Mm. I mean, alcohol can cause issues in your life regardless of how well you are quote unquote managing your drinking, you know, can, so, so back to sober curious, you were, no, I'm like, what was your question? No, you're totally answering it. Just, I think talking about that gray space in the middle Mm -hmm. where like, I'm someone who practices sober, sober curiosity Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And it's just checking with myself and where I'm at and noting when I know alcohol is not good for me. And, and I don't want to get too far into this because I do want to back up and talk a little bit about what how your podcast came to be. But I think you answered that great in that it doesn't have to be one way or the other. You know, people will, if you have a problem with alcohol, you likely know that you have a problem with alcohol, would you say? Or do you think that there are some people who, I think if they sit with it long enough, that they kind of know that this is not something that is serving me. But would you say there's a lot of people who maybe have a problem with alcohol but aren't aware of it? I think it's hard to admit, and part of it is that whole labeling and shame. I mean, no one wants to call themselves an alcoholic, and that's why I don't use that term. Mm -hmm. Um, And like we talked about, you don't have to use that term. Yeah. Um, so no one wants to label themselves as having a problem. Um, I think in the back of their head, they know like, okay, this is taking more than it's giving, but they're not ready to quit forever. And they just don't see that there are options out there for them of, of being, you know, anything from being a mindful drinker to, to abstaining. Mm. Um, and so I think it's really hard for people to be really aware of it and like just express that they have a problem. I I do still think that is an issue. Yeah. And before we get too far into this, because I want people to know you're going to be an excellent resource for people when they are, again, if they're listening to this, likely they are not necessarily questioning the relationship with alcohol, but they are curious about it. They want to navigate knowing, is this something where I can find harmony with alcohol in my life? Or is this something where alcohol really is not serving me? I need to fully eliminate from my diet or from my lifestyle. And I want people to know because your experience is really what makes you very reputable for this. Having a podcast, being a health coach, being a registered diet, registered nurse. Can you tell people just briefly um, a little bit of a background about you and then share your story as well? Because I really love the story that you shared um, on your podcast and then also that you sent to me. Yeah. So my professional background, is that what you're asking? Yes. So I've been a registered nurse, oh gosh, since 2004 and a health coach for the last six years. I work in corporate health and wellness. So I do a lot of like preventative healthcare Mm -hmm. and health coaching through that and helping people make better choices um, and change their life that way. And then I also have a degree in psychology, and then I've done training. I'm a smart recovery facilitator, group facilitator, um, and then I'm also have training from uh, the National Association of Addiction Professionals in recovery to pr- practice training. So wow. I have some medical um, and mental background. Yeah, and I and it, you're very well rounded. And again, I I, I think that you're a great resource for this because you don't you don't talk about things as being black or white. And also, mm-hmm. I love that you don't label things. And and especially being a health coach, learning that labeling things is what starts to get us into trouble. It's what starts to get into our headspace. And and uh, would you mind also sharing a little bit of your story, um, your relationship with alcohol? Sure. So I started drinking in junior high. <laughs> sneaking Jack Daniels and then watering it down um, from my parents or my friend's parents' cabinets. I grew up in a party town. Okay. So I grew up 
you have a lot of local listeners. Yes, so I yeah. grew up in Moscow. Okay, yes. Very went big to, party town. <laughs> yes. Went to University of Idaho. Um, that's where I learned to do cake stands. And I mean, huge party school. So it was normal. So I grew up in um, like a normal, real heavy drinking mm. culture. And in my 20s, I started to do dry months. And I knew like, God, I, when I drink, I drink. Um, and I knew that it wasn't serving me even back then. So, but I could do a dry month and I'd be like, that's fine. I did a reset and then I'd go back to it. And then it didn't really become really, really bad until after I had young kids and I stayed home from my nursing job to raise my children who are now 12 and 15. Um, so I stayed home with them until they were in grade school. But when I was, I mean, I feel bad. This is so common though, but as a parent, like this it was my way of being there, but not being there. Mm -hmm. It was my way to mentally check out. And so I really started drinking a lot, started sneaking it, hiding it, um, and, and going to like medical professionals and saying like, I think I have a drinking problem and not getting help and then feeling just so alone. Like yeah. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. That's why I do this. Like I felt so alone, like I, because I was still very much functioning as a mom, you know, and later when I went back to work, I was a nurse, here I was a health coach and a nurse and I was helping other people get healthy. And it was always this one thing I could not get under control. And so I just felt like I either had AA or inpatient rehab, I really felt like those were my only options and they didn't fit. Mm. And so I found the alcohol experiment online, which is Annie Grace's program. She wrote this naked mind, which is like um, paradigm shifting book. If anyone's looking to like change their drinking, mm. read this naked mind. Um, and I joined her alcohol experiment and I started learning other things about alcohol that I, I mean, even as a nurse, I didn't realize, you know, or and maybe I was just in deep denial, but just like the cancer risk, the, the effects on depression and anxiety and your sleep and your sex life. And it really, it was paradigm shifting because it seemed like in society, if you can't drink like a normal drinker, it's your problem. Mm. And so shining the light on alcohol itself, like, hey, you know, this substance is addictive yeah. and alcohol is a poison. It's a drug. We always say drugs and alcohol, but mm -hmm. alcohol is ethanol. It is a drug. Yeah. It is a carcinogen. Um, and so it was just so helpful for me. And then the other thing that was helpful for me was to realize I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And so I know that like social networks, Facebook, Instagram get a bad rep for a lot of negativity, but there's a whole like sober curious world. So, you know, people wanting to get sober or just alcohol free or just live their lives without alcohol. There are so many of us out there. Uh, so that was really comforting for me. And so I did a few resets, a few like stops, and starts again before I could finally just be like done. Mm. I like to say I got divorced. <laughs> and I love that term because it is, it's, it's a relationship. If you think about your relationship yes. with food, your relationship with alcohol, that's yeah. huge. So yeah, so January 1st, 2020 mm. was my last drink in the wee hours. <laughs> yeah. So it's been over two years now. Congratulations and happy belated anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. I think that what you just shared too is really impactful because I think a lot of times, and my sister was on the last episode, she said this, that you, we have this idea of what, you know, if you want to label it as an alcoholic or someone who maybe has a negative relationship with alcohol mm. or a problem, whatever you want to associate it with, but as having this image, right? And she said it as it's this old man at a bar, he's got the beer belly, he looks haggard. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that these are everyday people. They are the people who are dropping off their kids in the drop-off line at school. They are the person behind you in the grocery store. Like, it's a very normal thing to have a complicated or a difficult relationship with alcohol, with substance, with food. And so I love that 
you know, you're, you're normalizing this and, and, and making it so that people were breaking down that wall of it's okay to identify where you might have a problem with anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I just got goosebumps because I was thinking about, I had just read, so Recovery Elevator is another uh, popular podcast for people who are sober curious, um, but they had done a poll with their listeners and they found like over half were married, half had like incomes mm. of over a hundred thousand dollars. They were educated. They were, you know, not your typical stereotype, yeah. right? And then the founder was like, we're not only keeping up with the Joneses, we are the motherfucking Joneses. Yes. Yes. So that bringing a space together. And I think that that's what you do with alcohol tipping point. So can you tell me then where did this idea for alcohol tipping point come in? For the business, for everything. Yeah, let's go back to the business because I have to say, again, I listened to one of your podcasts where you're talking about this. You designed your own website for your business. I did. You're amazing. <laughs> I just have to say that. I'm like, I have to bring up that she did her own website because that's huge. I know. It's not my wheelhouse. Um, yeah. So, it well, one thing that really helped me was changing my identity related to alcohol use. So I was mm. always like, I always called myself a lush. Yeah. Um, like I'm just a heavy drinker. I'm a lush. Right. And so when I could change that to like, I'm alcohol free, I'm sober as fuck, then, then I could really like live my life that way. Yeah. So empowering. Yeah. And I knew that I always wanted to help other people. Um, I knew here, Cry again. It's but the I just, space for it though. I just felt like when I get to the other side, I am not going to leave you behind. Mm. I am an, I am here for you and I want to help you because I, I wish that I had had some kind of help. Like I just, I don't think there's enough people out there helping other people with this topic. Mm. Um, so I always knew I wanted to use my nursing, use my health coaching to help people in some way. And then, so during the pandemic, I was half, reduced to half time because I'm in corporate health and wellness and they, so they cut like our hours. Mm. And so I used that time to build the alcohol tipping point to build the website on Wix. Wow. wow. <laughs> but I kind of had done some of that work um, through my corporate job. Um, so, but I just, I use that time to build up resources and whatnot. I called it alcohol tipping point because I had been listening to a lot of Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. And so he has a book called the tipping point and every, everything can reach a tipping point, right? I mean, you see it in the pandemic, you see it, um, definitely with drinking. And I had reached the tipping point where it was taking more than it was giving. Um, and so that's why I called it the tipping alcohol tipping point an ATP for short, which a lot of, um, like health people like because yeah. ATP is like the main energy I source love that. I love of that. your cells. Yeah. All my dietitian friends are like, I like that. We it's just ATP. geek out about that stuff. Right. <laughs> and I like that you made a joke about yeah. it. Geez, you wanted a, a slogan. I feel like I just geeked out and stalked you, but, oh. but you said you wanted like a, one of your goals for ATP was to have a theme song and you said something about oh. OPP. <laughs> Oh, yeah, with I forgot about that. I'm a nerd. I geek out about this stuff. So anyways, yes. I think that you're very, you're very punny. Um, but yeah, tell us more. I do a lot of dad jokes. And I love <laughs> dad jokes. So I think that's why I got them. Um, more about the business. Yeah. Well, this part's kind of interesting. So I'm glad you're asking about it. So one of the things, so removing alcohol from my life did make my life um, better, easier, and healthier. However, I still had headaches. Um, terrible headaches. Mm. I always thought it was just related to being hungover. And so I was like, why am I still getting these terrible headaches? Interesting. Hindsight, like my mom, my sister, and both my daughters have migraines. And so I didn't realize for years I had undiagnosed migraines. And I just because I had wicked hangovers and when you're like a daily drinker, especially mm. red wine, you're like, yeah, it's just part of course of I game. have a headache. Um, so I figured that out 
Um, and I actually did a research study, one of those like clinical trials mm-hmm. with one of our local places. They had a migraine research study and I got money for that. And I was like, I'm going to use that to start to fund my cool. alcohol tipping point. So cool. <laughs> so that's how I funded it at the beginning. Yeah. And now alcohol tipping point wasn't the original name idea either. You had another name that you wanted your podcast to be called. Is it The Pigs Can Fly? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I loved this. And tell us the reason behind this. Oh, just because, well, I love pigs. Yeah. I don't know why. But um, (laughs) that is so funny, Genevieve. I still, I was just looking. I actually have a painting of a little pig in my office that my daughter had painted. It's a flying pig. Yeah. Um, but it was make the impossible possible. Yeah. So, you know, people always say like, yeah, when pigs fly. And I'm like, you know what? Pigs are fucking flying right fly. now. You they made them fly. <laughs> I loved that because it is. It's it's like a, you almost feel like you're gaining a superpower when you tell yourself what it is that you want. You identify what you don't need and you act on that and you follow through on that. Like this two-year milestone. Did I do my math right? Mm-hmm. I can't even keep track of what year we're in anymore. But this milestone's huge. You know, so I'm I'm curious too then. Sorry, did I let you finish first off? Oh, that's great. Your, yeah. Did I okay, I want to make sure I'm not cutting your story short, but I'm curious if as a mother, your kids are getting into this junior high, this mm. high school age, right? Where when you started watering down your Jack Daniels, how has your experience maybe impacted the way that you parent them? Are you one of those parents who says, do not drink alcohol? I don't want to catch you with alcohol. Or are you someone who likes to educate and bring awareness? What is your parenting kind of um, perspective on that? Great question. Well, I'm realistic um, and more of an educator and awareness and safety first. Cool. Uh, you know, my daughter's already had some experimenting, my older one. And I just tell her, you know, I just, number one, I want you to be safe. Mm. Um, I, you know, this could make you sick. I don't want you to get into an unsafe situation. Like you're at a party, someone takes advantage of you. And then there's the whole driving. Uh, one of the things I'm so grateful for is being a parent of teenagers is cat. They need driven around a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially at that 15 age. Cause she doesn't have, does she have her permit? She is going through driver's ed okay. right now. Brace okay. yourselves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, can, I can pick her up anytime. I can drive anywhere. Uh, so that's my number one. And then I also just want them to be aware and just know like, hey, anyone can become addicted to mm-hmm. alcohol. Anyone. It doesn't matter, you know, your family background, your age, Anything like that. Yeah, you may become addicted sooner than other people, but anyone can be become addicted. However, we do have the tendency to really love alcohol a lot and just have it be not a healthy option for us. Yeah. I really like how you talk about education and awareness, though. And so mm-hmm. I'm assuming, and not even just assuming, because like, you know, I went, I went through the back files, backlog, back to like your original episodes. Like it. And I really like what you share. You give a lot of resources as mm-hmm. to, you know, the myths behind alcohol. You give a lot of resources as to how do um, you relate to a book that I really love, Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. how to use Atomic Habits and some of... Um, James Cleary. James Cleary. Yeah. His ideas on on how you can build this. So tell me this then, when bringing people onto this podcast, like what was your big goal with this? Was it to bring people together? Was it through education? What were you hoping to get out of it? Free swag. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which I haven't gotten in a while, Travis. No, just kidding. (laughs) No, I... I was, I never thought I'd do a podcast because, well, I love podcasts. I'm a real podcast fan. However, I hate my voice. And so I, oh God, I I have a great voice. Thank you for saying that. Nobody really likes listening to their voice. No one likes listening to their voice. (laughs) But anyway, I never thought that I'd do it. So I kind of did it on a whim. And then I just kept going and it's become like the favorite, my favorite thing that I do. So at first I was like, okay, I really want, I, I want to give like tips 
tools, thoughts, um, challenge different like societal ideas related to alcohol use. Um, and then the other part of it is just connecting with people and having them share their stories, mm. which is so impactful and interesting. And so I like to get a variety of stories as well. Yeah. And I, I love I love that balance, right? Personal stories make it very relatable. Giving the facts behind mm-hmm. it make it something where, for people who, who are very data-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to a concept that you talked about that I want I want to say maybe you call it data, not drama. Is that correct? Yeah. I really love this because I think if we're looking at a relationship again with anything, that we do associate a lot of identifying with it, um, identifying negative behaviors, negative beliefs. Tell us a little bit, what does data, not drama mean? Well, I say data. Is it? Okay. Well, I don't know. Some people say data and some say data. Data, data. Yeah. I wish I could claim that, but it's actually Elizabeth Benton from Primal Potential, another amazing podcast. (laughs) I'm like taking notes here if you haven't noticed every time you get a resource. Um, Data, not drama. So what it means is like we assign so much drama to facts. So the fact, like, here you are drinking water. Yes. Right? And so the fact, the simple fact is you're just drinking water, you're ingesting it, it's H2O, that's the chemical compound, right? That's the data. Mm. What the drama is like, oh my God, I should be drinking more water. Why aren't I drinking enough water? Like, oh, that kind of drama. Yeah. And we do it to everything. Yes. Um. And so one of my big things that I, I teach and focus on is that kind of mindset and how we're thinking about things because that's what drives our actions. Mm. And, and so it's so, I mean, think about like when you're at a football game and someone scores a touchdown. I mean, that's a fact, right? Right. And there you have half the crowd's like, yeah. And the other half is like, boo, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's perception is everything and how we think about it is everything. Well, and you're assigning a story, right? You're assigning a narrative to it. So your actions are, you're the one and we're our toughest critics. And so if you've said, you know, I'm not going to drink and you make a slip, you choose to drink. Most people's immediate reaction, because we are biggest critic, is to get down on ourselves you know, to tell ourselves, I'm I'm not capable of doing this. Oh my gosh, I knew I was going to be a failure, whatever. As opposed to what would be something that you would recommend that would turn that from being, being the drama reaction to being a uh, either a productive or a um, a way to continue to proceed forward instead of letting that be a halt. Yeah, that's so yeah. common, and people get stuck in that shame mm-hmm. spiral. I would just say, like, yes, I chose to drink, drink, like, mm-hmm. own that. I ingested alcohol, the substance. I'm moving on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you, the other thing is you, you can learn from it. You can, like, analyze it. But I don't know if that's productive. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, that's like focusing on the problem, not the solution. So totally. it's just like fall forward, go forward, yeah. onward. Yeah. And I think that's as health, again, I go to a health coach. Yeah. I, I think I think very similar to you. It's, it's easy to say, just move forward. Mm. Just talk kindly True. to yourself. Right. And, but we're, it, it is, it's, it's honestly, it's as simple as that. And I say that very loosely, mm-hmm. but I also understand that action steps, like how would you tell someone, like, what are, what are some things that helped you when you decided that's it. I'm divorcing alcohol. What helped you to one gain the mindset and two to take the action steps forward? Well, I would say loving myself and being kind. You love know, that. you can't hate yourself to love and you can't shame yourself to recovery. Mm. Um, people think that you do. Uh like you have to hit rock bottom to change, but that's just not true. Like you need to love yourself enough to change. And, and take care of yourself enough. When you know that you are worthy and you're valuable, um, then you start to treat yourself better mm-hmm. because it becomes kind of a punishment. Totally. Um, so I would say when I started forgiving myself 
for my slip-ups, for my data points, um, when I just started owning it. And, you know, one of the things I talk a lot about is, like, the difference between blame and responsibility. And even this kind of, you know, I talked about Annie Grace's book being paradigm shifting. And it's interesting because a lot of the blame with alcohol use was, like, it's your fault, right? And then the blame in that approach is it's alcohol's fault. Well, what you really need to do is take the blame away and take responsibility for it. So it's like, yeah, the, both of those are could be true, but it's my responsibility. It's my choice. And so when I could really own it in all aspects of it, yeah, alcohol sucks. It's a poison and the alcohol industry is mm-hmm. <laughs> corrupt. Mm-hmm. However, this is still, this is my thing. Yeah. Um, does that, uh, tell me yeah. more about what you were wanting from yeah. that. Yeah, I think, well, I actually want to go a little bit of a different direction. Then. Okay, yeah. What, when you did decide to make this decision, because... You and you have such like a positive attitude. Mm. You've such a again. I can tell your coach because you're just you sound like a very motivated individual. And I know that motivation is not a sustainable action, mm-hmm. right? We can show up on a day and feel very motivated, and that afternoon have no motivation at all. So, what were some of your most challenging moments when trying to make this change? Well, I just want to clarify, it sounds like I made the decision mm. to stop and then I was just done. Mm. Like it wasn't linear. It wasn't a straight arrow. It was a real squiggly line. Yeah. Explain that squiggly line. <laughs> well, that's just the nature of change. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of my tenets is we practice. We practice not drinking, practice not perfection, progress not perfection, especially as women we have this need and this drive to get it right the first time and be perfect. And, and, oh my God, I just, I can't stand that it's that way with alcohol use. That's one of the things I don't relate to with AA is that it's like you, day one starts today. And if you don't, and you you have a data point, you mess up, you go back and you start at day one again. And that is so like demoralizing, like, you're still learning along the way. Imagine if yeah. I did that with my daughter when she started volleyball. Like, girl, you can't even serve it over the net. You're done. Yeah. Or right? when a you kid's ha- like walking, right? Go yeah. back to day one. What about all those days in between? Absolutely. What about everything that you gained? So that's hmm. the the line. So so a straight perfect line. I don't even know if that exists. There's some unicorns out there who stop <laughs> and they're like, I'm done. Yeah. But for most people, it's like, I'm getting five days in yeah. without drinking. Then I drink, or maybe I'm drinking less. and Or maybe I go off the rails for a month, but then I'm back. But you're still like changing and moving forward. Yeah. So that's the squiggly line. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's this all or nothing attitude yes. that is so detrimental. Yes. It is. And and again, I relate this to anything in life. If you're trying to change your lifestyle, mm-hmm. your diet, your habits, whatever it is, it's I, I think that going back and this is a common theme that I'm finding in these interviews is it's it's finding that self worth. When you mm-hmm. when you can find that love for yourself, you're willing to get uncomfortable in areas that you know if you can make a change, if you can make a difference, it's gonna be so much better on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. So then for those people who they want to know the facts, they want want to know the mm-hmm. data. data. Yes. Data. Or data. Or data. Some people say data. Yeah. Um, I know you shared something, and I think this is fascinating, but alcohol's effects on the brain. Mm-hmm. What kind of information can you share with us about alcohol and its impact on our brain? Well... I mean, alcohol is a depressant and a stimulant, and so it it acts as both. So when you first drink, it it releases <clears throat> these depressants, these relaxants. That's mm-hmm. why it, that's why it works at first. And your body is always looking to maintain homeostasis, which means it always wants to like have the same level of everything mm-hmm. in it. You know, we do the whole acid base balance. If you want to go back to that science. <clears throat> so our body is always looking for homeostasis. Um, so depressants 
get released initially. And then your body wants to balance that out and it releases stimulants. And so that's what kind of keeps you up, keeps you like raring to go. That's like when you're really hyper and drunk and, and you keep going, you keep like repeating that cycle. Um, and so what happens is also, so you have the depressant um, and the stimulant cycle going on. And that's really screwing with you and that's contributing to depression and anxiety. So that's why like the next day you may feel, we call it a hangxiety. Mm -hmm. So when you feel really anxious, that's because you have more stimulants in your body. And what helps get rid of that is alcohol because it's a depressant. Mm. (laughs) And then you've just like, that cycle keeps going. That's like one aspect. Another is the dopamine response. So alcohol causes... um, really high artificial dopamine response. That's that feel good chemical. Um, so in the short term, you you do really feel good, but in the long term, it depletes the dopamine levels in your brain and your body. And so in the long term, that's why you're, you're always wanting more and more mm. of any addictive mm-hmm. substance. You always want more just to feel better. But over the long term, what you're doing is depleting the dopamine in your body. So that means like, pleasure towards everything everything kind of has a dullness to it um so that's another way it also like can it shrinks your brain affects your hippocampus higher risk of alzheimer's dementia um there's just it's not you know one of the things like being a a nurse and a health coach is like if you're gonna drink like okay fine own it but don't like kid yourself that you're doing it for your health. Yes. Because there are no health yes. benefits to drinking. <laughs> yes. To alcohol. None. Yeah. Which, and again, like you said, it, it is, it's a drug, <clears throat> you know, it's a chemical, it's cancerous mm-hmm. to the body. And I think that we could kind of go down that path even more so. But I want to go back to what you said where it starts to numb other areas of your mm-hmm. life. And that includes like, moments of joy you're yes. not able to experience those heightened moments of joy through through things that aren't alcohol related so when you gave up alcohol what did you start to find that you were gaining oh gosh so you I love that you just said those tiny moments of joy because they are the small moments mm-hmm. and, and it's silly stuff like today I was driving behind a car and it's the exhaust was coming out and I was like that looks so pretty (laughs) because it was like just this lovely kind of cold and yeah yeah. I mean I'm talking like the sky is more beautiful yeah um the trees that colors it's just it's like you don't realize it until you're on the other side uh but everything is just better it's just more clear. It's just, you know, I, I've called it like your sparkle pill. Yeah. <laughs> so variety is like a little yeah. sparkle pill if you're looking for a little something in your life. I love that, the sparkle pill. And so the sparkle pill is more like amplified when you when you lose alcohol. And I mean, that's everything, though. It is like joy and sorrow. Mm. I mean, you do feel everything more. Um, but you learn that like no feelings last. And so that's very powerful, but that's the human experience yeah. and that's what makes it so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, you know, a lot of times we do use alcohol or substances mm-hmm. to, to numb our pain, right. To, to numb the feelings we don't want to sit with, but then you also risk numbing those feelings that are so just overwhelmingly exuberant, joyful, happy yeah yeah I think it was like a Brene Brown said like you can't numb only the bad yeah yeah um I'd also want to come back to like we talked a lot about like alcohol being a if you have a problem problem blah 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 but I just want to like emphasize you don't have to have a problem with drinking to remove alcohol from your life you know the question really is would your life be better without it Mm. I love, I really love that you said that because I think that's where, again, going back to this idea of sober curious, yes. where people are very, if it's a new concept to them, they're like, what, what, what does that mean though? Mm-hmm. 
And that's with anything, though. If you're looking at a relationship with someone in your life, it doesn't mean it needs to be a bad relationship. It does not need to be a toxic relationship. But just identifying, like, your life is short. Your time is short. Your resources are valuable. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that question you just asked, I would encourage people after they're done listening to this, or even right now, to really sit with that and think, you know, how is alcohol bettering my life? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's, it's fun to go for a hike and at the top of the mountain, bring out some wine and enjoy it. But is it really making it better? Or, you know, can you still enjoy, you know, that sunset on the beach? Can you still enjoy going out on the boat with your friends? Mm-hmm. And, and asking, like, is alcohol making my life better? Or what, tell me your exact question again. Would removing alcohol from my life make it better? I love that. Mm -hmm. What else would you say then to people who are navigating their relationship with alcohol? Or what advice would you give them? Well, I always like to tell people they're not alone. Mm. Uh, And that there's no one way to quit or change or be curious or cut back Mm. or whatever that is. Um. And I would say be curious Mm. and just, you know, and especially like you said, that sober curiosity, that just means like when you actually are drinking, like, hmm, how's this tasting? How am Mm. I feeling? How do I feel an hour later? How do I feel the next day? How did I sleep? You know, just get really curious. um, And that's that whole awareness. Mm. Because I think a lot of times we just go through the motions of things. And I mean, it's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's just a bad habit. Mm -hmm. And and you can break bad habits. Yeah, you can. And I I think it's cool that what we're finding, like we just did a post for Women S today that was uh, six local bars or restaurants. I saw that. Which I... One of our team members was responsible for that post. And when she came to me with it and she had a full menu. So if you're in our group, you actually get access to the full menu of drinks they have. And it was like a proud moment because I remember doing this last year and it was so challenging Mm -hmm. to find restaurants and and menus besides like a Shirley Temple or something that made you feel like you're 10 years old. Because there is that feeling of holding a glass, like a fancy glass right? And having a garnish on it that just, it's nice. You feel like you're celebrating. You feel like you're relaxing, but you don't need to have the substance in there. And so I I did, I kind of sat there like, this is cool. This is so cool that we are normalizing that it's okay to not drink alcohol. It's okay to take care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It's It's the new wellness revolution. So I want to ask you some fun questions then off of that. When you go out, do you have a mocktail of choice you like to do or what is your go-to? Well, going back to the whole restaurants, they don't always have anything. So no, but I do. I love Diet Coke. Okay. Hey, that's your your thing though, right? I'm like, you know what? I don't drink. I'm going to freaking have my Diet Coke. (laughs) That was where my mom is a bit, she has a big sweet tooth. I've got a big sweet tooth too. So instead of drinking, it was like, we'd get a dessert. Yes. And it's this, it's like, it's celebrating still. You're treating yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I save a lot of money. So much. So what are some of the things, not to like, I'm like, is this a personal question to ask? But what are some of the things that you could enjoy now that you're not spending money on alcohol? Like, what do you use? Do you use that as like fun money? Do you save it up to go travel? God, I wish I could say I could go travel and I really, really, really want to travel, but it's COVID season. It's so hard. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's say that it's not COVID Oh, season. I have something yes. fun. I just. <gasps> Tell me. I, I, well, I'm also scared. I was just telling Travis this. I finally signed up for ski lessons. Get out of here. Have you skied before? Um, a long time ago okay. when I was like 10. Cool. I'm so excited for you. When do you start? February. February. The sa- Saturdays in February at Bogus. Are you yeah. a winter person or a summer person? I would say summer. Okay. But you yeah. might become a winter person now that you're taking on a new winter activity. Yeah. I just want to... I feel like, you know, getting like really solidifying my sobriety during the pandemic was good um, and so helpful. And I, you know, focus so much on alcohol tipping point. But also now I'm like, I really, my word of the year is explore. Cool. And I want to just do more joyful things like that. 
So I love that because you talked about how last year was like the year of trying new things. It it's was growth. Growth. Yep. Yes. And so was 2020 the year of trying new things? Something was trying new things. I don't know, but that's always a... I, I always like exploring that. too. Yeah. If you could right. explore anywhere in the world, it's not COVID season. You have no restrictions. You can buy a plane ticket and leave tomorrow. You have no responsibilities. Kids are taken care of. Where do you go? Australia, I'm coming for you. Yes. <laughs> I have some friends there now. Hi, guys. I'm oh going to come gosh. visit you. That's the really that. cool thing about, you know, running my groups and yeah. the podcast. Like, now I know people in other countries. And neat. I really want to go to Australia. Would you turn it into like a sabbatical where you're going to go to Australia and then you want to go someplace extra? Or are you someone who likes to go someplace for a shorter period of time, enjoy it, and then come back to your home life? Well, I kind of have to go back to my home Let's life. go into a dreamland <laughs> oh, and you get a oh, choose. Yeah, why yes. not? Like a month at a time. Yeah, cool. Yes. Really cool. Where else would you just go around Australia for that month or where would you go somewhere else too? Okay, do like a month in Australia. I really, I've always wanted to go to Africa. Mm. I'd go to like Thailand. I would, yeah, I guess I want to go to some warm places. <laughs> yeah, right. You can tell what season we're in right, right? now. Right, <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. 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 I love that. Okay, let's flip this then. You have an afternoon to yourself, so you can't quite travel. But again, kids are taken care of. You have no responsibilities. No one needs you. What do you do in an afternoon for just you? Or a I, whole day. You've got the whole day. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I love to take naps. Yeah. <laughs> Huge yeah. nap. Per- That's so boring. But no. I love naps. Okay. Just for me. Hmm. You know, I am still kind of a homebody. I love to read a good book. Mm. I'm always reading. Um, what book are you currently reading? I just started one. Shoot, now it's embarrassing that I don't know what it's called. I just start well I'll tell you what I finished Malibu Rising Hmm. Taylor Jenkins Reed oh it was really good what is that one about that sounds very it's about four siblings in Malibu in the 80s and -hmm. like their dad was a famous rock star their mom has a drinking problem Mm -hmm. um and it's told I mean it sounds really soapy when I explain it but it's really well written so it's kind of it takes place during one day of their annual party, but then it flashes back to like when their parents first meet and then like the dynamics between them and then the dad is just a real shithead. And <laughs> uh, and so it's just like a lot of family drama and relationships and well-written. It was yeah. great. I enjoy books like like that because it's an, it's an escape from your world where you can just... Be part of someone else's world. Yes. And I think it helps you to understand people better. Anyway, I feel like I'm going way too deep for this. No, but, I feel like books, know, reading is like mm, a form of mindfulness for yeah, me. That's exactly it. Yeah, mindfulness, Just, awareness. It's the best. And you also love to do puzzles. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I <do> love puzzles. <laughs> I love puzzles. And during the pandemic, right, like everyone got yes. puzzles. That's all that we get from our friends now. Because we did so many puzzles. I so have like to Christmas. borrow some puzzles from. I can oh, only do them once. I'll just start leaving puzzles here for you. <laughs> and then when you come back to, we'll have like one of those boxes, oh, you know, it. where people do like a community library. <gasps> we do puzzles. And I promise that's they won't have a any really missing good pieces. Idea. I'll try. We've got two dogs. Sometimes they okay, that's okay. grab a piece. But, kind of fun. Well, to wrap things up, what do you see for the vision of alcohol tipping point from here? Not just the podcast, but in general, the business. Well, I I love helping people, so I'm looking for ways to help people always. So I have a 30-day group that I run, um, which has just been amazing. Mm-hmm. We do group meetings, and I, I feel like getting this small, intimate group of people together talking. I mean, these people in my groups are so wise yeah. and supportive of each other, and it's mm-hmm. just... I, f- I feel privileged to be a part of that. It's so special. Um, so I've been focusing a lot on like helping people take 30-day breaks if they are sober curious or if they're just wanting to cut alcohol out of their lives, wherever they fall. Um, but I'm also now like trying to figure out how to 
helps support people, you know, stay sober strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what that looks like, I don't know. I'm still like finding the balance between mm-hmm. alcohol tipping point, my regular job as a nurse and my family. And, you know, now that my kids are older, it's like I, I have limited yeah. time left with them. So it's, it's always that struggle of balance. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a, I'll, I'll have to link if you have something for your group um, to the notes when this comes out so that people are curious and they want to continue after this 21 days of sober curiosity, if they want to continue with another 30 day program, I would love to, to refer them to, to your 30 yeah, day that'd group. Be yeah, that'd I, be great. And awesome. I have like some free, res- I have a free dry guide and I have a 10 day just free email challenge oh, cool. for people who just want 10 days. And where right? can they find that then? This is all at alcoholtippingpoint.com. Okay, alcoholtippingpoint.com. And where else can people find you if they want to continue to get insight or learn more? So they can listen to Alcohol Tipping Point show, podcasts, where all podcasts are found. And then I have a lot of fun on my Instagram account, which is Alcohol Tipping Point. I post a lot of like some education, but like some fun stuff. I think we really need to find the humor in yeah. life and things and alcohol is such like a serious this could be like a really serious topic but I'm a really silly person so I try <laughs> to find some humor in it but also help people at the same time and know that this is this is a big deal yeah. right but yeah. I mean I think we can there's just so much to it so totally. I try to find some joy some joy in there. You do a great job of that on your page. There's a really good balance of information <laughs> and, and personality and, and joy. So I would encourage people to, to look at that then. But thank you so much, Deb. I really have enjoyed our conversation. And I would highly encourage people, again, if they're looking to continue this sober curiosity journey, to, to utilize some of those resources. So thank you for having those out there. Well, thank you for doing this. Oh, I yeah. love that you're doing this with your womenist community you're addressing sober curiosity. Um, you're helping people. I, I think for a while, women really, and it's still happening, got caught up in the whole wine, women, and wellness thing. Yes, yes. And the yoga and wine and all yes. that. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. You can wear your yoga pants. And you don't even have to go to yoga, but you also don't have to drink wine in them. Right? Yes. You do your puzzle in them. I'm going to do we that. We need a puzzle and yoga pants sweatshirt. I like Ooh, to puzzle. Yeah. Yes. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much, Deb. It's been a treat to have you on today. Thank you. All right, Life Zesters. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want more information, check out Alcohol Tipping Point as well as Women's Community's Sober Curiosity Series. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.